Ask the Podcast Coach for July 25th, 2020. Let's get ready to podcast. There it is. It's that music that means it's Saturday. It's time for Ask the Podcast Coach, where you get your podcast questions answered live. I'm your host, Dave Jackson, from the School of Podcasting.com. And joining me right over there is the one, the only Jim Cullison from the Average Guy.tv. Jim, how's it going, buddy? Greetings, Dave. Happy Saturday morning to you. I'm struggling with allergies or a cold or something. I don't know. I haven't oh. been around any. I haven't been around anybody in the last six months, yeah. so I'm not sure where that came from. You but, caught it uh, from a mole. It's yep, the, it, it, oh, it's ooh, the mole get, flu, man. That's it. Don't get me started. <laughs> if you want to hear my whole mole saga post show of Home Gadget Geeks, I give the whole thing A to Z. But we have a pour to do. Who's, we do uh, have who, a pour to sponsor do. our pour today. Our pour is from the lovely Mark DeCotes over. I always mispronounce his name. There's no S in that. It's Mark DeCote at uh, podcastbranding.co. And uh, if you are looking for artwork, if you're looking for a website, if you're looking for a lead magnet, if you're looking for anything to look better than ugh, the way it would look if you did it yourself, yeah, check out Mark. He has been a an award-winning graphic artist for 13 years. And, of course, he's also a podcaster, which makes things great. And uh, so he understands the whole podcasting theme and Apple and that whole nine yards. And if you're looking to get uh, some new artwork or if you're launching a new podcast and you want to look great, go over and see Mark at podcastbranding.co and let him know that you heard about this on the Ask the Podcast Coach show. So, Mark, thanks for sponsoring the morning pour. So He helps me brew some incredibly <laughs> delicious coffee, too. That is the, that's a pandemic thing, right? We didn't do the coffee pour until I started brewing my own coffee at home because I was home due to the pandemic. And I said to you, hey, maybe we ought to sponsor that spot. Well. That it, we do, right? It's weird because there are different things that trigger different thoughts. And so, do you know the comedian Jim Gaffigan? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. I like Jim. And I like, I like Jim a lot. And I, I saw this and I'm like, this is a podcast thing. Amazon is trying something new. And it's so different that I was like, hmm, this didn't really make me laugh. It did a couple times. But they took Jim Gaffigan, who makes me laugh all the time. And they, they're putting him in niches. So, like, I watched a special last night, and it was nothing but 45 minutes of jokes about Canada. And the whole time I'm thinking about Mark because I'm like, oh, I know a Canadian. And then uh, that was, like, episode one. And then episode two, it's Jim Gaffigan in Spain making jokes about Spain. Like, did you know that Spain is actually not called Spain? Apparently, it's called, like, El Spania. Like, that's what they call it. Yeah. And he goes, it's kind of weird that we're like, yeah, we don't like that name. We're just going to call it Spain. But it's it's Jim Gaffigan. And I was like, wait, is this going to be like every episode is like, and this week he's in Germany. But it was they're all very geographic-based huh. jokes. Huh. Like, he did a whole thing on New Finland, like how it's your crazy huh. uncle. And he goes, New Finland, is that two or three words? And he was like, uh, it's one. And it's, it's just. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Jim is rocking social media. Like he is doing it. He is trying all kinds of different things. Like he has been taking old, not old, but a couple years old. His skits, breaking them up into yeah. three or four minute segments. And then not just posting them to YouTube, but adding a little commentary, a little, a little thing at the end or 
Yeah. He's just been doing different. He's been, he has been doing a lot of different things. And so Jim's is trying to, to like test the waters. What, yeah. what if I do this? What if I do that? I always appreciate that. Cause that's kind of what we do, you know? Let's try this and see how it goes. Well, that's that's what made me think. I was like, well, this is kind of cool because every, I mean, everybody and their brother. I think Jim, you have a special coming out on Netflix now, right? A comedy. Thing. I do. I do. Yeah, it'll be out. Uh, everybody, I think November eleventh. Yeah, everybody's got their own comedy special, and I was like, oh, cool, Jim Gaffigan. I love this guy, and I put it on, and I'm like, well, this is different. And I, I for me, I was kind of like, I just appreciated the fact that they were doing something different. Now, when it got done, I was like, wow, I laughed twice. But I was like, you know what? I'm not the target audience for that. I don't live in Canada. Uh, so I just thought it was interesting that they, they were trying something new. Jokes about Canadians are still funny. <laughs> yeah. He said, he said, it's funny because if you, if you tell a Canadian, you guys are really polite. He goes, they kind of get offended. He's like, we're not polite. We're just passive aggressive. <laughs> so, but uh, hey, how's this for a transition? Speaking of yeah. using, uh, trying new things, you've been playing with Microsoft Edge. Yeah, last week we talked a little bit about the upgrade uh, to to Windows um, 2004 this week. So for the last two weeks, I've been trying to make the switch as best as I can over to Edge. It's just one of those things where the newest version of Edge, the one that comes to 2004, and actually there was one just a little bit before that, is actually Chromium-based. So it is exactly the same browser, uh, at least the engine on the back end that you find in Chrome or that you find in Brave or that you find in almost all the other browsers. Now, Safari and and uh, Firefox, that's not true. But Edge will, for a lot of Windows users, you are going to see Edge big time over the next couple months as your, as your PCs are making those upgrades to it. So I've been trying it out. I'm a weekend. So this is not like a review how-to, whatever. Right. But so far, so good in the sense that haven't run into any trouble. It works just like Chrome. In fact, I'm on it right now. So came into StreamYard <laughs> on Edge. I'm using it as we as we speak. You really can't tell the difference. You can import all your uh, bookmarks. You can bring all your. This is the kind of the nice thing about it. You can bring all your extensions over because they uh, or the little. Uh, yeah. that's not what they call them, but yeah, I think they are called extensions that you use in Chrome because that's it is Chrome. <laughs> like so, you're if you use LastPass as a password manager. You can install LastPass inside of uh, inside Edge, and it works there. I use like Honey that that Honey app that you can it gives you points for things you buy online. One of those yeah. kinds of things. Uh, I use uh, Buffer in there. So if you're if you're thinking about it, there's been a lot of privacy issues with Chrome. Like people, I'm not I mean, people just are worried about how much information Google has about you. So if you're if you're feeling that way, you can give Edge a try. Now you're replacing one giant company for another. <laughs> yeah. Which but, which company do you want to spy on you more? Google uh, or Microsoft? Google or Microsoft. Yeah, no, for sure. You just <laughs> you, you just uh, the true browser, and I shouldn't say true. That's a strong word. But if you're really worried about security, just switch to Brave. Same kind of idea. They've stripped everything out. Ad blocking is in there. That's what Jason and, is saying. Yeah, Brave Brave's a good one to go to. It's Chromium based as well which means its backend is exactly the same as what they're using for the Chrome browser, right? So if you're worried about that, go away. So I say that to say to you, if you have family, friends, family members, or you yourself, if you accidentally find yourself in Edge, you may not even know, to be honest. The only way I know is that Chrome has, uh, yeah, Chrome has little round corners and Microsoft's are square, wow. you know, and you're like, oh, that, but otherwise it's kind of hard to tell you're in one or the other. So don't panic on that one. It won't, it won't hurt you. If you go on edge, you'll, you'll be just fine. 
And Craig wants to know, is there a push to make Windows more of a closed garden like Apple? Oh, no. If anything, Windows is an oh, is the push is to push Windows to yeah. be an open ecosystem. So there's there's a Linux subsystem now inside of Windows. Wow. Like you can, yeah, like those two used to be like fighting. I mean, at one point, Steve Ballmer called Linux the cancer of PCs. <laughs> right. And. So Microsoft has gone the opposite direction. If you follow Microsoft at all, and not in every single case, but they've really pushed open to be an an open source place. They've open sourced a bunch of their code. Now they have open source windows, but Hmm. they are not a walled garden and they're not headed that direction at all. Jason says he's used Brave once with Squadcast and it worked. There was no noticeable difference, but I've used Chrome every other time. And uh, yeah, well today, Brave, Chrome, Edge, you're not gonna you're gonna have a hard time telling the difference between any of those three when you're in them. I guess I'm struggling now. Like, am I testing this? I'm like, oh, am I in Chrome? Like, I've tried to drag because you know how you can drag like a tab uh, across a screen and input it in another set of browser windows. So I'll grab a tab and bring it over, and it doesn't like it doesn't pop in. And I'm like, hey, and then I realize I'm trying to drag a Edge tab into Chrome, and you're like, yeah, of course that's not gonna work. So if it looks the same and it smells the same and it works like, I'm not quite sure how, because it sounds like Microsoft just took the code from, from Chrome and they did because it's open source. Yeah. Okay. So it's open source. That's what it's open source. Yeah. When, when, when Google first started doing this, they wanted to have a completely open source platform. Android is completely open source for the most part. Right. And there's licensing and stuff. That's a big broad. They could do a whole show just on that, but yeah, and when Microsoft lost uh, in the browser wars, with when they came off IE and moved into Edge and had their own thing, and it just didn't work, they said, "Screw it, let's just go." It, it's that's Chromium. Chromium is the engine. Chromium's the winner. Let's just jam that thing in there. And so <laughs> they've spent the last year kind of putting that Chromium engine in browser. So the only difference, Dave, is now is who do you want? Who do you want to have spying on you? That's yeah. the question, right? In, in that, and Google, Microsoft, uh, or a private company like Brave, Firefox still a very good browser. If you if you're a Firefox user, that's and they are loyal. Like Firefox browser users are loyal. Still a very very good browser and very privacy based. So again, if you're concerned about some of those yeah. kinds of things, Brave, Firefox, those are some good options to go. But don't panic, uh, uh, Windows users. If you've got Edge, it's right now on the newest version it's probably going to work and they're going to make it even better as it goes, just like Chrome does. You may get confused sometimes knowing what's what's open. Yeah. Uh, Bangs is asking, is there any work on the Libsyn Amazon Music Audible Destination? Well, it turns out that as of, I believe it was Thursday or Friday, it's now available. So if you are right now a Libsyn user, I don't know if there's any other way to get into it. Well, here's the thing. It doesn't exist yet. The Amazon slash music slash audible destination is available in Libsyn, but all Amazon is trying to do right now is have something there. So when they go, and here it is, there's something there. So it's super easy. It's like any other. We also added Ghana, which is a um, destination in India that has like 150,000 users. So we're adding more of these directories. It's super easy to, to add them, and then you'll be able to go into your stats and see how many people are coming from those destinations. But I was, we were all in support, like, wait a minute. So we're adding a destination that you can't see yet. And they're like, yeah. And I'm like, that is not going to go over well. 
because everybody's going to go, Hey, I just, I put, I filled it out. I clicked the button and like, I went over to amazon.com and did a search for my podcast. And I don't see, it's like, no, it doesn't exist yet. They're getting ready to roll it out, but they wanted us to roll it out to our customers so people could add it so that when they do go, ladies and gentlemen, our podcast directory or Amazon music or whatever it's going to be, that's going to to be the the joy of it. But hopefully we don't get a ton of people going, I can't find my show on Amazon. But uh, it's exciting that they've, yeah. I mean, it's, it's another player that if you think about it, it's, it's getting easier and easier and easier for the woman in the tube because it used to be built in tune in. Then Apple added Apple podcasts and Spotify. You can do on the woman in the tube. And of course, Amazon music. So it may be a case that in the future, you'll be able to say, Hey, play ask the podcast coach on Amazon music, yada, yada, yada. And go that route. So it's yet another trickle of another it's door. Good. It's confusing, but it's good. Yeah. There's just a lot of, in the Amazon space, there's just a lot of options right now. And options equal confusion. Yeah. And so it's it's hard. There's a lot of, and then on the Google side of things, they've gotten really quiet with their devices. Like, and so you, you kind of, those guys over there at Google, they get hot on something and then they go stone cold. Just stone cold. Yeah. And you're like, oh, what are you guys doing? And so it is too. That's another area. Microsoft dropped, had been with Cortana, had been in there, but it's out. So we're kind of down to, we're down to uh, really Google and Amazon on these things. Yeah. I guess you could kind of say Siri, but uh, I don't, I don't, I see less and less people using Siri. I watched a, a YouTube video on some guy that's all about smart homes, smart speakers, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. And there was a major study that went out against Amazon versus Google versus uh, Apple. Yeah. And they were, ex- number one, in, in and I mean this with all respect, Siri's kind of stupid. When, I, when, when, it come, <laughs> yeah. when it comes to asking her questions, not that helpful, where Google, as you might imagine, was was higher than Amazon and, and that whole nine years. So it was just an, an interesting comparison. Yes. And at the end, he was kind of like, yeah, this is... And, the thing that stinks, and, and you might be able to, because it's more of a hardware thing, is now there are all this smart home stuff, and some of it's not, it's slowly losing some of its compatibility because they're starting to wall off their gardens. Yeah, well, certainly from an app perspective, you want to, eventually, everybody wants to get in open when they're the they're the underdog. And as soon as they start dominating, like, oh, we're going to close these things off. There's in the home automation space four things like this. There has been some progress made to be more open, and then there's been some progress made to close it down. And we've we've seen a lot of companies come and go, and, and so it's it's tough. I I still think this is probably if you were going to equate this to the PC era, we're still this is like we're in Windows ninety eight, like mm-hmm. from a from a, a technology. We're just kind of coming online. We're really. I mean, there's still a lot to do. However, it does some really cool stuff. And I've been installing some home automation and some of those pieces where the stuff kind of works out of the chute. I know when I'm working with an old piece of equipment versus when I'm working with a new one, because it's so much harder to get the old ones to work. So I think from for podcasters, we kind of want to watch these digital assistants and, and see how it continues to be easier, so to speak for them, for folks to be able to find our stuff on them. Today, the voice recognition is getting better. So I think that's an area where the, the assistants are starting to be able to differentiate between people and their people requests. So who's talking? That customization, if it can know who's talking, then it can customize those, those what it gives you back. 
as well as Dave, and I think this is kind of the real the real key on this with these, is that we get with them, we get the opportunity to speak to them. And today it's a one-way conversation. It's a question and an answer. When we are when we're able to kind of dialogue with them a little bit better, and, and the the Amazon device does this pretty well today. I don't know if Google's doing it yet. I think it's going to get easier for us to do it. In other words, multiple commands: do this, it responds; do that. Without having to, today it's just one at a time. Amazon's getting a little better, so I think that'll make discovery a lot better and make it kind of a more of a conversation as opposed to just telling her, him, whatever you've got on that, yeah, to turn the lights on or to play, play home gadget geeks. Right. And you kind of like, so it, it's, I think we need to get a little beyond, we have to get a little more transactional and a little, or maybe a little past transactional, a little more conversational, I guess is what I'm saying. Yeah. It's, uh, I did see where they said, and I believe it was Google, Amazon, and I forget who else, but they all kind of like decided to get together and decide on a standard because yeah. they saw where like this is going to be, because confu- right. it's like, look, yeah. the, the end user is the person that's getting the shaft here. So, uh, they said that's probably coming by 2021, hopefully. So, well, I think the, the really helpful stuff is starting to come, and I, I'm, we're not seeing it on the assistance yet, but I'm starting to see it in some of the apps where it's like, especially like on the watch, on the Apple Watch, oh. where in the middle of the morning, it'll say, Hey, you, it'll send me yeah. an alert. You're not as far along as you normally are. Like, get up, okay. pokey. <laughs> Stop judging me. <laughs> um, <laughs> That is actually helpful, right? And yeah. and imagine if and and then the other thing I think is I've got seven of these Amazon devices in my house, but they don't they're not really totally aware of each other yet. They don't kind of realize they're all connected, they're all one thing. And so it, if it could sense my presence and know where I am at and offer some of those things verbally, that that might be better. Did you can have notifications on all devices now? Oh, I love that. That's my favorite yeah. feature. Um, no, it's Craig I just got a notification before the show started. Yeah. Here. Craig, Craig is saying, "Hey, I love the T-shirt," which of course well, is. Thank you. That that's it's. Yeah. I'm. Oh, I need to move this way. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. 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 So. Well, that's because I here again. Send us your T-shirts and we'll wear them too. I just this <laughs> happens to be where my wife used to work, <laughs> and it was the first T-shirt on top of the drawer. Well, this morning, going back to the the Jim Gaffigan thing, the minute the guy said Spain. You say Spain to me, I think of Craig. So, oh, yeah. you know, yeah, yeah. it's no, it's, it's, it, it's a good brand. It's kind of funny how how that yeah. works. So, yeah, yeah. But uh, beyond Dave, beyond listening to um, podcasts on these devices, can you think of any other really applicable? I mean, for the in the podcasting space, helpful how how they could be helpful to podcasters? Like, I can't. But maybe no. there are, maybe some folks in the chat room know some ways. Maybe from a scheduling standpoint or... Yeah, that's um, it. I, I usually wake up in the morning and I will ask her what's on my schedule today. Yeah. And then she will tell me you're working from Libsyn and this. And then I'm basically listening to hear if I have any interviews or things like that. And that's where I just got one with a screen. And that's kind of cool because I can see my schedule now. So, yeah. and I, I yeah. it, that actually, I got a, a show eight and the audio is getting much better than the little hockey pucks, the original one. And I walk in now and I'm just like, hey, what's her name? Play Spotify. And uh, I'm rocking out while I'm cooking in the kitchen now. So I'm having that. I use that a lot more now because I had a great sounding one, but it was in my living room. So it's just like I'm either got to crank it up so loud that I'm annoying the neighbors. But now I've got it uh, right there in my kitchen. So that's kind of fun. I have found listening to my podcasts through Spreaker. Mm -hmm. So open the Spreaker app 
and you get more well and maybe not today so it's been a, it's been a couple months since i've checked this out but it, early on the spreaker app had all the controls like skip and yeah. skip ahead and like some some of those kinds of things that the the device itself didn't have or like if you went to tune in you wouldn't get those features cuz you were just streaming it basically and so I found actually using a, like an app like Spreaker to listen to it was a better experience because I had more control over how I listened. And then the other thing, not podcasting related, but when you can follow recipes on there and you can push those forward or back and it'll read them to you, which is super cool. So nice. if you're if you're working on a recipe, you no longer have to to kind of look at it. It'll read it to you. You can ask it to go back. It kind of it's it's kind of cool. That's so that's pretty cool. Yeah, it is cool. Kyle has brought up something that makes me wet my pants every time I think about it. What about the podcast boogeyman? What if Apple podcast becomes its own hosting company? I'm glad I have a cousin that works at Apple. Yeah. <laughs> Be like, Hey, your, your, Why cousin, would they? your cousin needs a job. Yeah. That's, Why would they? that's it. If you think about it, the, I, I mean, our, our financial Libsyn's financials are online. We're a publicly owned company, so you can go see how much profit we made. And I'm pretty sure it is a drop in the bucket compared to anything that that Apple is doing. But I've always thought about that. Like if Google and and Apple decide, let's cut out the middleman with this whole, like let's, and then in theory, they could totally throw out the RSS feed. They could just do like, hey, if you want to show here, this is how you do it. Use our interface, you upload it. Now we can give you more stats. They could, they could really do. I don't think they're the giant anymore though. That, that I mean, they are still the biggest for right. sure. But I don't think they were where they what no. to go back to the Microsoft conversation when Microsoft dominated the browser wars with right. 90% market share. Apple had that in podcasts for a while. They don't anymore. And there's no. plenty of options, right? And so I just don't that that would have made sense six years ago, seven years ago, maybe for them to yeah. jump in and say, okay, let's crush this thing. I don't think I think if they said today, hey, we're gonna be a host company, I think people kind of go. I'm going to go to anchor. <laughs> just, I don't, I don't see, I don't see it making the splash that, uh, that people think it would. Yeah. And, and they're more, the media hosts I see now, there's one, I think it's called Bcast and their big thing. It's on um, AppSumo and their big thing is dynamic ad insertion, but it's only at the beginning or end. You can do pre and post roll. And I'm like, Hmm. That's still not what Libsyn and Podbean and uh, Blueberry and Red Circle and it's, but it was Red like, Circle's ad insertion is cool. I love Red Circle's ad insertion. Yeah. The thing I yeah. hate about it, Red Circle, is it's free. And I'm like, yeah. please take yeah. my money. I will pay you. Yeah. I will gladly pay you yeah, for this good little interface. Yeah, yeah. it's. Uh, mm-hmm. I've been testing out all sorts of crap on Red Circle, yeah. Yeah. and everything I put over there, it's like, all right, I'm gonna, I'm gonna put this here. But I, I go in knowing that this could go away at any time because I'm like, it just, it's mm. so the right whole- on. Yeah, you, you want to be careful. And I got an ad swap kind of request through Red Circle, right? Yeah. You can in there, you can say, hey, let's prom- let's promote each other. And I mean, that's not new. Do you? It was interesting. Well, that's a, a question I, I want to bring up. Do you have, he said, running over to his Google Forms. Do you have a promo for your show? No. See I me don't. neither. It's like I, yeah. I, I went and looked and I was laughing because I found one and it was something I did like in 2006. And at the end, I directed people to schoolofpodcasting.net. And oh, I was like, you had that? What? Oh, I still do. Wow. But yeah. I was like, and I'm yeah. like, I don't even remember why. Like, 
dot net went to something dot com went to something i think i i had it where dot net was the podcast dot com was the courses or something mm. but i was like when was i ever promoting dot net i was like that's so weird but if you have a i'm going to put this in the the chat room oh that's ugly when you get a a link to google forms they by default give you the long one i just remember that they have one where you can say give me a shorter version of it but i i have a thing oh i'm on the wrong form dog on it and if you've never used Google Forms, they're free. It's like as much as there's whole the Survey Monkey and, and things of that nature. Survey Monkey only lets you, I think, get, I think there's only 10 questions or you can, yeah, 10 questions and you can have up to 100 respondents. A Google Form is free and you can have as many questions as you want and you can get as many replies as you want. And so I put out a thing like, do you have a podcast promo? Because somebody on Facebook asked that where people were like, what's a podcast promo? And I was like, that would be something I would put on Red Circle. Like, let's bring back, because I used to have a show called the Podcast Promo Show. And it was just me like, hey, today's promo is from Jim from TheAverageGuy.tv. Here's his promo for Home Gadget Geeks. And I would play it. And I'm like, this show has been brought to you by the school of podcasting.com. Tune in again for another episode of the Podcast Promo Show. Where, Wait a minute, a promo show for a promo? Yeah. <laughs> it was It was super meta. Super but, but no, that's uh, that's all the show was. It was yeah. me playing promos of other shows, and that's where I found that that show reminded me a little bit of when I did the Clamor show because I had um, absolutely very little control over the actual content. Because a lot of people love to make really explicit promos, and then the other thing is a lot of promos are like, "All right, everybody, get ready for the Dan and Julie show," and they need to play and be like, "Oh, that is horrendous audio." I'm like, but that's the only promo I got this week. So tune in to Jan and Julie when you'll hear Dan say, <laughs> you know, it's like, <laughs> give me a break. So, but no, I don't have any promos myself. I, if I did, yeah. they're very, very, I think I, I made one fun. about four months ago for the podcast review show. And I started playing it on the school of podcasting, but what do you think makes the best promo material? Like, what do you think? What, you know, you, you, well, that's like a great what, question. Like how I haven't even thought like, what would I, what would I put out as a promo? That's, that's a, I'm not creative that way. Cause I think you, ha I mean, I've seen some people where it's like, ask the podcast coach where you get your podcast questions answered live and then clip, 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 clip right, to right. give a people of that. Cause then in the end you want people to know what your show is about. And then the last thing you should say is find it at askthepodcastcoach.com. Right. It's just a matter of what it is, who's it for. So yeah, I, I've seen some people like, are you confused when it comes to podcasting? Are you not sure what microphone to ask? Are you not sure what media host? Listen to Ask the Podcast Coach, where we ask answer your podcast questions live every Saturday. Find out more at askthepodcastcoach.com. So it's the whole like, is this you? Is that you? Are you thinking yeah. this? Are you feeling that? I've got the answer, which is just, that's just the sham wow formula, you know, where it's like, hey, are, do right. you right. do you feel guilty because you're not making healthy meals for your family? Do you swallow spit in small amounts over long <laughs> periods of time? Then we've got the product. You know, it's always this thing where they come up with all this stuff, and like, we've got the solution for you. So I'm gonna I, I, I'm gonna put together a promo that's the the bleep kind. So you just take regular sentences and then bleep them at, at, at strategic. I love time. that, so, Jimmy Kimmel. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's. I think I'm. I think I'm not going to make it to be honest because I don't. I just I'll never get it done. I'm still. I'm still working on the video intro for my for my yeah. site that Kim Kraji asked me to put together. 
last time I asked for advice. So I, I, I got to do that one first and then we'll work on promos. Yeah. Promos, I will say this, are a very easy thing to really obsess over. Like I remember when I've made a few and you're like, oh, wait, I should use this. And then it's, oh, it's 33 seconds, not 30. Do I need to cut? And it's like, ah, so you can go a little crazy with that. But I just don't know where I'd play them right now. Like no, the I, the idea is to, do, to, to swap yeah. it with somebody. I'd have to do something. Yeah, just see. I I I think of that, and then I go, "That's too much work." I just no. Nah. Yeah. I would rather, to be honest, in my format, I just rather have them on the show. Like, yeah. just come on the show. Let's talk tech, and and let's get it figured out. I've had really good luck finding YouTubers who will just come on the show to talk about stuff. We make friends. We make friends with them, and then we keep inviting them back. And I probably have seven or eight guys and gals like that, that I, ladies and gentlemen, I should say that are, are like that. So Dave, I'm getting kind of thirsty. Like, is there anything, (laughs) is there anything I can do to invoke another pour, another pour? Our pour is, is brought to you by our awesome supporters. If you would like to be an awesome supporter and for the record that we do have a new awesome supporter, but I'm going to talk about them next week because again, I want to give them a big send off and it just dawned on me. As we were doing this, I'm like, oh, I forgot to add them to the slides. He, he meant to say big welcome. Yes. What a did I say? Send, you said send off. Yeah, that's not good. Yeah, yeah big no, welcome. welcome. Yeah. But if you're looking for some one-on-one coaching, the teacher's pet slot is still available. And that's not what I wanted to click. That's interesting. I don't want subtitles. Oh, that's weird. Check that out. You see what it's doing? Yeah, that's a Windows thing. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's, I think that's a... That's, oh, how do are I... You, are you in, are you in, um, in Edge? <laughs> No, I'm in, I'm in, I'm in PowerPoint. Yeah. It might've been a a new windows feature. I think it is a new windows feature in PowerPoint. (laughs) Well, now we have subtitles. That's fine. There you go. Uh, Oh yeah. Look at that. Oh yeah. That's right. This is a new feature in PowerPoint where it'll listen to us Yeah, and, and do the, well, it's not listening to me because I don't think you have Yeah. I'd have to turn on. uh, Yeah. So watch the subtitles below. This is a new feature in PowerPoint. Go. So, yeah. So we'd like to thank our $20 supporters we're talking about awesome people like, oh, and there it is. There's the new guy. So doggone it. Well, anyway, we will, we will play more of his show. Kevin is the the new here. We'll get the music, the whole nine yards. Ladies and gentlemen, Kevin Patton. He's our new $5 sponsor here. I thought I didn't put this in, and apparently I did. Kevin is the AP professor. If you want some ideas to supercharge your AP course, how about some support from a fellow AP professor? He also wrote a book that is used to teach AP, which is anatomy and physiology. And well, if that's you, going back to, is this you? Are you a person? Do you need support from a fellow AP professor? Do you want some ideas to supercharge your AP course? Check out the AP professor. This is part of the the Lion Den network. You can find it over at liondent.com. And you might be saying, what do lions have to do with anatomy and physiology? That's because Kevin Patton was, and I'm not making this up, a lion trainer. <laughs> like, he worked with the chair and the whip and the whole nine yards. Uh, if you want to check out more about Kevin, uh, he was actually on the podcast review show. That's where we found out he was a lion trainer. So thank you, Kevin, for being the new patron over at askthepodcastcoach.com slash awesome we do have other awesome supporters uh let's be real clear though they don't use whips anymore when they're no they okay. uh they do that, that's just a, that was a hint to the past yes they're more kind now now they give them chocolates and uh, you uh-huh. know things yeah, like coffee. that coffee coffee calm them down <laughs> 
Uh, $20 supporters like uh, Josh Liston over at Tips of the Slung. Dot com Kim Cradgy over at Toastmasters101.net. Hey, and I almost got her name right. It, it put K-R-A-J-I. It's K-R-A-J-I. Yeah, it's, it's funny. I'm watching it, and it's getting some things right, and other things are hilariously wrong. <laughs> nice. And Carl White at Life in the Carolinas podcast.com. I wish I could get the stop sharing thing out of our way. Oh, hide. Hence, I can do that. There, there we go. go. There Much you better. go. Yeah. Max Trescott up in the air at aviationnewstalk.com. I'm, I'm watching this myself. Hey, you know what? This See, is- it's a little distracting, isn't it? You yeah. said it said something about something hams in there. So <laughs> it put peeper in there the other when you said AAP yeah. or something. It stands for it said peeper. It, it uh, translated that as peeper. Yeah, because so. Kevin is not a peeper. No. No, not at all. Greg is a financial guru. You can find him over at DebtShepherd.com where he teaches financial wellness. Glenn the Geek Hebert over at HorseRadioNetwork.com. Glenda, nice it. Glenda Geek Hebert. (laughs) Yeah, so we have a little room for improvement here, or I need to talk better. Well, it's kind of like when you listen to yourself back on an echo, and then you start talking drunk. (laughs) That's it. So don't don't read the notes, Dave. Don't read. The notes. Yes, uh, Shane at spybrary dot com. Also, if you want to hear an interesting interview with Shane, he recently did a hundred episodes. He he celebrated his hundredth episode of Torpreneur, and so he had somebody else in his industry interview him on his hundredth episode, and it was actually really cool. Ed Sullivan over at SonicCupcake.com. If you're looking for an editor, Ed can definitely help you out. And if you'd like to be an awesome supporter, simply go over to askthepodcastcoach.com slash awesome. So thank you to everyone for helping out with that. It is deeply, deeply appreciated. So meanwhile, yeah, I was like, now here's the fun thing. Like, how do I turn that off? Well, we they can't see it now. Well, but it's, I, you just close PowerPoint. You'd go. There's yeah. a setting in PowerPoint that says uh, transcription, and you can just turn it off when you're yeah. when you're in there. I don't know what it I is, clicked on. It's cool. It it'll go. translate too. It'll it'll run at translations too. Oh, that'll so be interesting. You could, you could be talking and having that going. I mean, it came out. <clears throat> it's been in there for a little bit of time, but it came out kind of and gotten popular during the pandemic. So you can. If you're going to show something on a screen, you could do it and get automatic transcriptions uh, as part of it. And, and it's pretty cool. You'll have to work it. If you want your audience or whoever, like for you, you would also have to route me into so that the PC can hear me on your channel to make that work. So it would do both of us, but not, it, it'd be interesting. I mean, it's real time. So it, it's, it's not going to separate us like Otter would. Otter would be able to separate your voice and my voice and, that, but that's because it does some processing. I noticed it was getting quite a few words wrong. It was getting most of them right. So a glass half full, coffee cup half full or half empty. I, I don't know. And so, I don't know. It was, it was interesting. I haven't seen that live yet. So that was a good, I've heard about it, but I haven't seen it live. That was a good demo. Nice. Coach Dave says, I'm making a format change from pure audio to video via StreamYard plus audio. I have a couple interviews lined up. What questions, considerations should I be thinking about now? Well, now you have to bathe and, and shower. Comb your hair. Comb your hair. Comb your hair. What you have in the background, the, those kinds of things. And yes, people will judge you based on what's on your what's in your background. Just ask Demi Moore. Have you heard Ooh. about that? No, I didn't hear about she that one. She took a, uh, a picture of herself in the bathroom, apparently, and people freaked out because apparently when you're Demi Moore, you have a couch in the bathroom. Hmm. 
and I've yet to well, see. Why wouldn't you? I, I that's all I've heard about it. I've so I've heard yeah. it via third party thing. They were talking about it on Howard Stern this morning, and I was like, Yeah, what? Yeah, lighting um, lighting becomes a consideration when you're talking about video. You who's are you looking at the camera? Like I'm looking at. I almost never do, and I'm not going to try. It's too yeah. late. But um, uh, also add how much time do you think you're going to add now to production? Oh, five times five times what you had before, especially if you don't, if you don't have the power to process video on your computer, if you add a lot, I guess if you're editing it, if you're not going to edit it, whatever is up is harder Then get used to doing things, get in and and play with StreamYard so you can switch from different things to different things and blah, blah, blah. Speaking of that, if you want to Come in and actually ask a question. You can go to askthepodcastcoach.com slash join. I do want to answer Cliff's question. I'm glad he brought this up. A couple of office hours ago, uh, he asked, is there a noticeable difference between Alphonic versus Hindenburg leveling at Publish? I need to do that, to be honest with you. In fact, I'm going to write that down right now. I'm going to say Alphonics is better simply because that's kind of what they do. Like that's That's their jam. Hindenburg is, and I still swear the Luffs thing, it's Hindenburg, anything that deals with Luffs, I think they're looking at a segment of time and they do a reading and then make adjustments to where it, there's a difference between a leveler and making it compliant with a whatever the heck a Luff is, that reading. I, I don't think, because I, I use RX-7 and they have a leveling tool and it basically slams it up against the wall. You end up with this nice square audio file where Hindenburg is making it the overall volume of a certain section meet that. So I would say if, if so, without doing any testing, I was got to say off on it. Cause I've also thrown crap, like absolute crap in off on it and had it come out gold. And I don't think you can do that. They, they now in Hindenburg have a magic levels tool. I believe that's in the pro that is definitely not as cool as Alphonic. I've played with that twice, and twice I went, uh-uh. It was cool where you could have, if you, especially if you did like a, uh, a squad cast. You had two different levels, and you had it, and you could highlight them both and say magic levels, and it would kind of squish the person who wasn't talking and turn up the person. The problem was it wouldn't it wouldn't switch fast enough. So all of a sudden, you would have somebody answering a question, and they would either get turned down or up slow. And you're like, wait, we missed the second half of their answer or whatever. So it's, it's kind of, uh, that is definitely not the case. So my, my initial answer here is I think that Hindenburg is going to be not as good as Alphonic because that's kind of what Alphonic was. I mean, that's just, just for the leveling, yeah. just for the leveling bit. Yeah. So we had a bunch of questions come through while we're doing the awesome supporters. They were talking about pre-interview lists. Um, Mm-mm-mm. I saw it come in here a couple of months. Yeah. Illiquity was saying, create a pre-interview form and send them a cloud calendar to schedule their interview. Yeah. When I, when you, I have a, a link for people that want to be on my show and it basically says, why? Like, why, what, yeah. are you, what are you bringing to my audience that is going to have them go, oh, holy cow, this is great. Because Dave, I, I think the number one tip in this area is the pre-call. Like if you're going to do video, and you're, it's not as gracious on the editing side. And you can strip it out and edit on the vi- on the audio, but you're not going to edit the video very much. It's tough. 
right. the the pre call. We I actually have a guy at work that does all the pre calls for me, the tech pre calls for me, and oh my god, does that save my bacon more often than not? Because they come on in with some of the weirdest hardware configurations, and using the try. And I I can't tell you how many people I've interviewed. And they come on and they're, you know, like, you're like, hey, how's it going? And they're like, oh, it's going great. And you're like, where's your microphone? Oh, it's way out here. And yeah. you're like, what, what, bring that thing closer. And they, they gingerly bring it like it's going to bite them if they get it too close. Like, no, no, I want the mic right on you. Bring that thing up. And I used to think it was just a person, but everybody, not just everybody, but lots of people do that. They're afraid to get close to that mic. They want it over on the other side of the room. And so that pre-call really kind of sets the tone for, okay, here's what we're doing and here's how we're doing it. And that, that should be a service somebody should provide for podcasters just to say, hey, for a, for a fee, we'll do a 15-minute pre-call and make sure your guest is set up right correctly for this. I, I was on a show yesterday, and I still don't understand who I was talking to. Like I have, if, if if I've got time, I will be on your show. I'm like, if I talk to six people, one of those six might actually, you know, join the school of podcasting. And I asked him, like, so tell me who I'm talking to. And originally it was some sort of type of like a doc, like a psychology podcast, basically. And I was like, so are we going to get into imposter syndrome or like, what's, how do I tie in? And I think what and it really, done was, it all, you, you did the interview I already, already did it. And, and there, okay. there was a part of me that, not that this person is a horrible person or a bad person, but there was a part of me that going, this person's looking for free podcast consulting. That's really what this is. Because yeah. they asked a lot of questions about where do you think podcasting is going? And I'm like, this has nothing to do with your audience. And I'm like, mm. so we shall see. But that's always different. But yeah, pre-calls are, are definitely handy. I will say this. Make sure your guest knows this is a pre-call. I've been on one and I'm doing full fledged answers and blah, blah, blah. And literally 40 minutes into what was supposed to be a 15 minute pre-call. They're like, oh yeah, well, this is the pre-call. And I'm like, oh you, yeah, I didn't know that. I would have shortened my answers. I would have just, cause usually my, my favorite pre-call was when I was in, I was going on the radio. I was in Nashville. I was on David Hooper's music business radio show. And he would ask me a question and I would be like, Oh yeah, well there was this time he's like, nope, just just need to know if you can talk about that, and, and I'd be like, what about uh, such and such and such and such? Oh yeah, because there's a thing. Yep, just just need to know if you can talk about that. No, that, no totally. And, and Gabrielle says this in the chat room. She said she was reading an NPR book on podcasting, and they suggested not doing a pre-interview. This is key, right? You're not doing a pre-interview. You're doing a pre-call. You're 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 working out the technical components. You're getting to know the person and their environment and those kinds of things. You want to avoid the interview. Like this is not like you said, Dave. You tell them this is not the interview. I'm I'm just checking in with you. Here's a few things we're going to talk about. Here's what you can expect. You definitely because once they've said it, especially if they say it, that's like re-recording a podcast that fails. Don't do it the next day. It feels weird. Schedule yeah. it for a couple of weeks out. You'll get way better quality. There's something about our brains that if we've said it before, if we say it again right after it, it feels weird. Like it's not as fresh. It's not as. It turns no, into a performance. Because no, yeah, now it's right. like, oh, I, I'm trying to remember what I said before. And so, and it's just not as. And then what happens is you try to add voice inflection, 
because you don't want it to sound like you're just saying the same. And so it just sounds, I think, I don't know if it's, yeah, I've, I've done it twice and it's, it's weird. It's not as good. No, it's not. Yeah, so that's good. Yeah. Yeah. David had also had a follow up to his question. He says he wasn't um, thinking so much about the production end of it, but having some audience considerations thinking about, he says, I'm thinking about my audience, the feed cross posting, et cetera. How to switch in audio is best. I don't understand the last sentence, David, how a switch to audio is best managed. I don't, I don't know what that means, but well, that, I mean, go ahead. I mean, people well, I was going to, yeah, I was going to say, I mean, when, when we think about the audience, when you're going from audio to video, you, you just, you're adding video. I don't think it's a switch. No. You're just adding video. And so you need to think about, uh, I learned, like I put it on YouTube and I thought that was good enough. And my audience wanted a feed. They wanted a video feed. They wanted to be able to download it. And I still think some days I go, why are they, I, I look at my video feed download numbers and they're, they're in the hundreds. And I'm like, who is doing this? Yeah. But they do it. And so you kind of got to listen. I would, I would take a page out of your book, Dave, and say, before I make the switch, ask some questions, do a survey yeah. and say, tell me what you, tell me how you want it. Tell me what you want it to be done. Tell me how you want to get it provided to you. Well, how are you listening to it today? So I think a, a survey would be appropriate before you start making big changes. Yeah. The other thing is if you're going to do a show, if you want a live audience, I think the reason we have the numbers we have and Adam Curry and John C. Dvorak who do the no agenda show, they record at the same time every week. So for them, it's Thursdays and Sundays. Uh, for us, it's Saturday morning at 1030 Eastern. So people know when to show up. And then I would put it on YouTube because I know I actually get notified when we go live. It's like, hey, so-and-so, if you've subscribed and smashed the bell, you'll get a notification that we're, we're live. So that'll be that. But also keep in mind that can be a problem because there are times when your body doesn't want to go on at 1030 or things like that. So it, it gets a little tricky. But also with video, because I have a lot of people at Libsyn that obsess over video. Besides Apple, I don't know a whole lot of apps that accept video podcasts. They, in the past, they did. And, of course, if your last name is Rogan, Spotify will. But there aren't that many apps that actually accept video podcasts. They're, they just no. it kind of just because of YouTube. Most That's of the apps what I thought, are, too. Yeah. That's what I thought, too. Yeah. I was like, why, where are you, why would you want to feed? And they, I have highly technical listeners. Right. So they, they figured it out. But. I thought, just go to YouTube. And I had like, this was a mistake on my point. I was arguing with one of my listeners and I'm like, just go to YouTube. And he, and he said, I don't want to use YouTube. I like, give me the file the way I want it. And I was like, oh, okay. I'll, I'll figure out a way to get it done. I, and I use Mediafire to do that. But it, it, it's, it's a new consideration. And, and I, I would do an audience survey. Yeah. The, um, well, we're getting into the weeds today with the audio levels here. This is great. Speaking yeah. of Alphonic and magic levels, what do you think about Waves Playlist Writer that Mike Russell did the official demo on a few months ago? Haven't seen it. I just know I've heard, I believe that's the plugin that Chris Curran talks a lot about. There's one, it's like Playlist, or no, Vocal Writer is the one Chris always talks about. I have one that is meh. That's some sort of playlist writer thing that listens to it and basically automatically adjusts the volume. So I, there, I, 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 
haven't heard them yet, but I, I they all kind of do it, apparently the same thing. It's just a matter of which one does it best. I, I use a, I've been playing with a plugin. It was on sale a while ago from Waves, and I believe it's just NS1. It's a noise reduction tool, and I know Audacity has one and, and Hindenburg has one. But uh, I do like that because it's basically just a slider that you come up with and you basically turn it up until the knob, like you just have this big giant knob. And the more you turn it up, the more it, it tunes out the noise and you get it to the point where it's like, okay, if I go this far, it's it's too much. If I bring it down here, it's not enough. And you kind of trying to find the best. And I want to say that was like 20 bucks. And I was like, man, that makes it super easy. Because I had a guy this week I interviewed for my weight loss show. So, again, my weight loss show is always going to be the one where I get people who aren't podcasters. And this was the head engineer of a software. If you want to check it out, logicalloss.com slash food tracking. It's a software called Chronometer. And he was just using he, – he did have earbuds in, but I think he was using the built-in microphone of his laptop, which actually – he kind of knew and was getting as close as he could, but there was still like air conditioning noise and things like that in the background. And boy, I slid that thing up and it was perfect. So Jim's got a fun thing to share here. Yeah. Um, before we get the end of the recorded show this week, oh, it, yeah. I'm, I'm so dumb. Like sometimes I just do the stupidest things. And I was, so this week, this Thursday, as we're recording on the podcast coach, we were talking about Plex. Plex is a media server, entertainment kind of thing. And they have a new set of um, of music video channels. It's like MTV. Again, they just play 24-7 music videos. So I was showing those. I don't know why. I, I, was, I, I don't know why I thought I could show the video and not play the music. Like I turned the music off thinking like, oh, it'll be fine. Nope. Google found, it was YouTube found <clears throat> very clearly the two sections in there where I posted the music videos. And these were 80s videos. Like... This is like any way you want it from Journey and Father Figure from George Michael. Old videos. (laughs) I only played them for three minutes, maybe. And and now I didn't get a, it says, hey, your channel impact up here, not affected. The content ID claim on your video does not affect your channel. This is not a strike against you, which was kind of interesting. And they basically said, hey, well, we can monetize this now, right? If you're in so. One of the things we've known this is happening. I had this happen. I played somebody was a guest had the NFL football game on behind him. Again, no audio on a TV about this size playing the game. That's how good YouTube is now. So you have to be really, really careful what's going on in the background and that they're not playing copyrighted content as well. But what I wanted to say is, man, YouTube's tools to get rid of these has gotten a million times better. So I went in there and it's trimming right now, but you can basically click. It says uh, select action and it says, do you want to take it out? And you go, yes. And it removes the section. Wow. And now that it's a sloppy edit, but it takes it out. Well, that's kind of cool. Like, I mean, if you're getting, if you, if you've done it and you don't want it in there and for whatever reason, a pretty slick tool to get it out. Now, what I did, I actually edited it out myself for the, for the produced version, I went in because I wanted to kind of control. I wanted it to at least sound like I knew what I not not this herky jerky edit that's in the middle, and then reloaded a YouTube cut uh, for it. Didn't have to worry about it on the podcast because it was visual, so I don't I didn't play the music, so I don't have to worry about it on my podcast. And I'm going to upload a special version to my U, my other YouTube channel when I do it. 
But I just wanted to show you guys that there's some there's some new tools, and YouTube continues to improve that process uh, to get that done. So it's cutting right now. It takes a couple hours for that process to go through, but uh, but pretty cool. Well, that's a good thing to bring up because it is still going through the roof. I talked with Mike Dell this week because he he had sent me. We have a a Slack channel, which is interesting that you have Blueberry and, and Libsyn and other podcast kind of companies all in the same Slack channel just to say, Hey, like we've, we've kind of jokingly, if somebody goes, that's you guys stink. I'm going to blueberry. I'll send a Slack over to Mike and go, his name is Jim Coulson. He's quite the weenie and he's on your way, <laughs> you know? So, and likewise, they'll, they'll do the same thing. But Mike had sent out and he goes, man, are you guys getting a lot of takedown notices? And I'm like through the roof. And so if you are playing unlicensed music, expect to get a take. I don't know what new tool somebody found or new, they hired a new staff or what, but in, in audio they're coming around and they, they, I'm not sure exactly what happens. I know we send them to Rob Walsh who I think then takes it down. If it's like, Oh wow, this is a infraction or whatever. He takes it down and then emails the podcaster and says, Hey, don't do this anymore. And I'm not sure what happens if you continue to do it. I would assume eventually we would like, just go, well, um, you're breaking the rules. This is what's in the terms and service that you own the content. So, yeah. um, uh, well, please and, defi- now, and now we know, like, don't play TV in the background. Like, yeah. Anywhere on your screen, on a screen, on a TV up here, though, YouTube will find you. Yeah. If it's uh major label stuff or, or really any music, if, if it's not, it, it's, let's, it's easier to define what is not. If it's, if it's uh, labeled pod safe, if it's labeled creative commons, if it's labeled, what's the word? Uh, Royalty free music. But even that you have to read the small print. So it's, it's tricky. Music gets really weird. And the reason it gets weird is because we enable people to download the file, which then crosses the line into, you need a mechanical right for that, not just a streaming right. And that's where things get sticky. So like Jim was talking about, you can't play George Michael or autograph. Journey. Journey. Yeah. That's, I was going to say autograph. I was going to say autograph. I was thinking oh, of the eighties. So Turn up so the radio. Great. Come on. Man. I would, did, have I ever, have I ever told you that I was once a roadie for autograph? No. Yeah. Well, they're post show. Yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right. Got it. Lessons learned uh, on uh, the road. Yeah, my one and only time is a roadie, but yeah, any kind of, Something you're hearing on the radio is one way of saying it, but that's really not true because there are independent podcasters or independent musicians, and technically they're the songwriter, they're the song performer, and they might be their own record label, but you still need permission from all three of those people, the songwriter, the performer, and the whoever owns the rights, the mechanical rights to that, which is typically a record label of some sort. So, yes, and uh, so Eliquity says, I can't play Tainted Love. I, that boy, that's a song that I just has always escaped me. It, it will pack the dance floor, and I never. I was like, "Wait, what?" It's got a cool little. It's got a cool little beat to it. You, you, you can. Oh, I just got an email saying my Auphonic subscription has been has been renewed. You can test it. Like I would create a separate YouTube account with another email address. Like get it as far away from your production YouTube account. Add it to a video. Upload it and see what happens. So if you have a question. Uh, is this or isn't it? I'm finding YouTube is erring on the side of being overly aggressive and yeah. then waiting for the dispute. 
Now, they do have a very, very slick dispute process. It's all built into the new interface for YouTube. You can just go in. It'll tell you, hey, you have a copyright um, infringement. That's not the right word, but right. Uh, so you know what I mean. Violation. And then, violation. You can go in and say, I want to dispute this. And then it'll give you a text box and you can kind of fill in, no, this came from there. So it's a little bit of work and you can dispute it. And I've heard people where they they, they said, yep, we made a mistake here. Boom. But I, I'm finding and I'm hearing that they're erring on the side of being over overly aggressive. So the other thing, if you want to test, uh, is your good friend Shazam. This is an amazing tool. If you've never played is, with Shazam, I had a guy at Libsyn and he was setting up his show and blah blah blah. And I just uploaded my file and it's not in Apple. And I was like, yeah, because you need to submit it to Apple. But I hit play on it. And this phenomenal music came out with like five part harmony and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, man, that is an intro. I'm like, that's not music radio creative. So I pull up Shazam hit. And it literally, it was like maybe two seconds as in 1001, 1002. That's this song. And I was like, I says, Hey, just for the record, in theory, that's not legal. This is episode one. I'd get, I'm not telling you, you have to change. Because it's you are you are held responsible for the stuff in your episode. So if somebody comes after you, they're coming after you and not Libsyn. But yeah. uh, run I would, that intro into YouTube; it'll tell you. Yeah, yeah. There you it'll go. Because what yeah. they'll do is they'll just they'll bring it down. So that, well, that they'll flag it. Yeah. Right? And so again, you don't want to get a copyright strike on your on your production YouTube account. So right. Yeah. Create set a separate a email one. address. Yeah. yeah. Set up a set up a separate account. Let that thing, because if they bring you down, you're down. <laughs> yeah. So that's yeah. that's kind of what Jim's talking about. Yeah. Set up a fake YouTube account. Not you, fake, but just a different email. Yeah, a test yeah. one. Yeah. yeah. And yeah, yeah. and upload your, your intro there. Make it a video and upload it, and, and they'll let you know, I would think. so. It'll take you about a half an hour to get that YouTube account set up, by the way. It's not setting up a YouTube account. You forget how many steps there are, and then you got to enable... You had to enable a bunch of things and a bunch of things have to happen. So yeah. um, spend a little time, but it's handy. I have actually two YouTube channels. So how are we doing on time? Oh, we're out. Well, maybe we, we'll talk we got about two that minutes. Post. Go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, I have a live channel and I have a recorded channel and they're, they're under the same account, but they're two different channels. So you can have channels within an account. This is, I'm talking about setting up a completely different account, not a separate channel, but a completely different. Nice. Yeah. Coach Dave says Siri has the ability to listen to music and tell you what it is too. So there you go. Yeah. Didn't yeah. know that was the case. Yeah, I think it uses Shazam. In the Probably would be my guess. But uh, Jim, what's coming up on the average guy.tv? Yeah. Mike Weger is back on there and we kind of have a show. Actually, this is the one I talked about. The most interesting is the post show. So go over to my live page right now, the average guy.tv slash slave, go all the way to the end. And the complete mole story is there. I alluded to it a little <laughs> bit here, but you get the whole story. That's the best part of the show. The average guy.tv forward slash live. And on the school of podcasting, it's the last episode of the month, which means it's the question of the month. And I've got some interesting, I've, I've only heard like two, but I asked, what is your favorite episode and why? And I, I uh, boy, I tell you what, this is where an email list comes in to play because I had a few, but I sent it out. Hey, today's the last day. That was yesterday, by the way. If you want to do it, go over and send it in. And I had a few people sneak in under the wire there. So that'll be coming up, which will be a nice way just again to, to hear about other podcasts. And I'll be talking about my favorite one. And we're just going to ever so slightly revisit the joy that is imposter syndrome. Because I found a really 
amazing example of somebody that you would think would never have imposter syndrome, and uh, they did. So thanks to the chat room. Thanks to our awesome supporters. Thanks to uh, Mark over at podcastbranding.co. If you'd like to be an awesome supporter, go over to askthepodcastcoach.com slash awesome. And everybody else, stick around for some post-show. 